Hello, this is Ethan Peck. I play Mr. Spock on season two of Star Trek Discovery, and this is the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This episode brought to you by Michael Crate and James Husband. Special love goes out to Lee Kemp, who manages our Facebook page. If you like what you're hearing here on the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way. And by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today. Audibletrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. Engage. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come, grab a chair, and enjoy the conversations. I'd say we've got an unexpected guest. Rose, where we're going, we don't need Rose. Yes, who's coming to dinner? Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And I'm Dave Sellers. And that's all you get tonight. <laughs> so, uh, typically we have Chrissy, we have Am, we have Miles, and they would all love to be here, but we are recording on an off night because we had the chance, dare I say, the privilege to mm. sit down and chat with two actors, one in particular we're going to be sharing with you in this episode, and that is Mr. Ethan Pack. Now, why would people know Mr. Ethan Pack, Dave? Uh, because he just got done playing Spock in season two of Star Trek Discovery to every Trek fan's pleasure and approval, (laughs) to put it mildly. So the response to his portrayal of Spock has been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, Overwhelmingly. Him and his, uh, his other two castmates this season with, in, uh, in, um, Oh, why am I blanking on the name right now? Come on, dummy. Discovery. Anson Mount and uh, Rebecca oh, Romaine in, yeah, the, in their portrayal of... Yeah, there I got him. Yeah. Uh, along with his co-stars, Anson Mount and Rebecca Romaine um, playing Captain Pike, Mr. Spock, and then number one. It just did such a, a terrific job portraying those characters that we really never did get to see a lot of in the, in the prime universe with the exception of Spock, of course, but, um, really kept, kept true to what we believed would have been the case. And, and people love it. They were trying to petition CBS for a spinoff with these characters. That would be um, awesome. It, it would be absolutely terrific. So yeah, we, it was a true, a true pleasure to be able to talk to him. Yeah. Well, you know, little side note about Anson Mount, who's also going to be at Shore Leave, by the way. So hoping, yes. ho- hoping we can land an interview with him is, you know, we're watching, um, oh, Hell on Wheels. And he's like the uh-huh. central character in it, right? Um, and so, I have to watch that show. Uh, it's, 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 he's good. And I, um, and I did not watch the second season of Discovery, as you know. And uh, so I didn't actually see him in there. But he's a good actor. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, and so I was like, wow, if he's that good in Hell on Wheels, you know, he's an asset. To, he, bring, he brings something to Discovery and, uh, and helps Peck come alive. So um, uh, it's, it's, fa- it's fabulous. Um, but, uh, but anyways, Ethan was great. And the thing that, you're gonna, that I loved about this interview is that Yes, he 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 played Spock, but he is as much of a 
a science fiction geek as any one of us. Oh yeah, huge yeah. genre Th- fan. Yeah, very much, and especially to the the literary end of it, the way it sounded. Oh yeah, yeah. When he was bringing some books that I haven't read, he's going into some more right. of the classic sci-fi, and I tend to keep up a little bit right. more with the current. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, definitely into the genre. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to have a chance. We're going to share this interview with you, uh, kind of this pre-shore leave interview. And, uh, you know, only a few short weeks. If you want to meet Spock, this is uh, the, the uh, at least Spock from Discovery. You can come to shore leave and Ethan Peck will be there. Um, shore leave again is what dates? You, you have those in front of you again? July 12th to the 14th at the Delta Hotel in Hunt Valley, Maryland. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're on the East Coast, anywhere in like uh, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, any of the where uh, and you're, you have a day, um, come Saturday and see them. It's going to it's bound to be a good time. Uh, Nichelle Nichols will be there and Mount will be there, as we mentioned, if you're into the Star Trek universe. Um, anyone else yeah. from Star Trek? There probably is. Uh, no, just those three. Just those three. Just so, those three. Yeah. So, anyway, so they're all going to be there. But, um, but yeah, and it's it's a great interview. We uh, we were just talking that the fact that we got a chance to interview him ahead of the con was a good thing. We had a nice. Uh, we're going to be bringing you a nice twenty twenty five minute interview with him. So, yep. All right. Sounds well, good. I think without further ado, let's go ahead and bring in Ethan Peck. You're just afraid you'll lose. All right, Michael, let's play chess. If there's a logical reason to sacrifice your rook, I fail to see it. Perhaps I simply dislike rooks. Perhaps you're trying to lose. An odd supposition, given that I am a willing participant in the game. Sarek taught me a more elegant strategy. First day I played. There are other strategies that our father, in his single-mindedness, chooses to ignore. I think our father would be disappointed in your lack of effort, don't you? I disappoint him. He disappoints me. The sun sets, a new day begins. Mm, You're a philosopher now. And you're a human. And you cannot presume to know Sarek's mind. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner. I'm Dave Sellers, and I'm with Scott Herzog tonight, and we are delighted to be speaking with Mr. Ethan Peck, uh, one of the great many guests this year's Shore Leave Convention, uh, July 12th through the 14th at the Delta Hotels in Hunt Valley, Maryland. Uh, Mr. Peck's IMDb page is an impressive list of movies, TV shows, and video games from the last 20 years. Sci-Fi fans know Mr. Peck from his work in such projects as In Time, and Halo 4 and 5. Star Trek fans know and love him for his recent portrayal in Season 2 of Discovery, playing the iconic but younger Mr. Spock. Mr. Peck, welcome, and thank you for taking time to talk with us at the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, and thank you for the lovely intro. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you bet. So first off here, you know, we uh, 
we Star Trek fans are are well known to be open minded and very fair people, uh, especially when we hear another actor is going to play one of our favorite heroes from the show. Um, that definitely was a little tongue in cheek and and a bit sarcastic. Every time you get four of us Trek fans in a room, you're going to get about five different opinions. Um, <laughs> yeah. What was it like for you when you heard that you got the role of Lieutenant Spock? Oh man, it was very surreal. I was just totally blown away. Um, I only found out exactly which character I was reading for about a week before I found out that I got the role. And wow. so before my final audition, I discovered that it was for the role of Spock. And, um, a, when I found out what role it was, I was like shaking in my boots because, <laughs> you know, I'm a fully aware of, of the, you know, the, um, the magnitude of, of the responsibility of playing this type of character, this sort of iconic character. Um, and, um, you know, frightened of the potential, uh, alterations it can make to my life that would be irreversible, you know, like you know, did I want this in my life? Is, am I ready for this? Um, am I going to, am I going to, am I going to screw this up? Am I going to fail? Um, but then when I got it, it was just like, I don't know, like this, um, this sort of burden lifted off because as an actor, you know, you, you work so hard to get a break like this, to get a role like this. And this is something that will, I mean, all of my work will, you know, potentially live forever, but this will really live prominently forever in Star Trek canon. And so just sort of unbelievable. I'm still wrapping my head around it. <laughs> it wow. sounds like it. It sounds like it. Now, you know, yeah. it, it, with, with, with all the, obviously there was, you, you felt a lot of pressure because of all the Spocks that have come before, I guess the two predominantly, unless you count the child Spock. Um, right. You know, they, so there's a lot of pressure, um, but at the same time that gave you a wealth of source material as you uh, probably prepared for the role. Uh, and maybe that's a question I'd like yeah. to ask as you, as you, as you prepared for this role, did you go back to the movies? Did you go back to the TV show? Um, what was it like prepping for this role? Uh, was it an easy task because of all the source material or did, or did that at the same time make it hard? Oh, uh, it was, I mean, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, the source material that I have is, um, is wonderful and there's tons of it, but the problem I was facing, uh, was a making it, uh, my own and not, you know, uh, imitating anybody that had come before me because I think that would just be, uh, a big fail. <laughs> right. Um, and B, I had two months not to just catch up on, on disco, uh, which I began watching for the audition process. Um, but I had to catch up on reading all the scripts that had been written at that point in season two. So I knew what was going on. Um, begin working on my, uh, you know, my dialogue and all of that. And then choosing, you know, I sort of dove into the original series, the first season of the original series, because, um, my Spock is of the prime timeline, right? 10 years prior to where the original series begins. Right. And so I was really paying attention to Nimoy's work as Spock, um, less so Quinto's uh, version, which was so wonderful as well. And I was, I was a huge fan of those movies and a huge fan of those movies. Um, and so, yeah, I would, I would go over my, my lines while I had an episode on and really tried to see what, what Leonard did as an actor with Spock and sort of just 
hope that my instincts were right about it. And I was reading uh, uh, I'm Not Spock, right? The book that he wrote in the oh, 70s, yeah. the late 70s, mm-hmm. which was hugely insightful for me because I felt that I had made some discoveries very congruent to those that he had made in uh, preparing for Spock and understanding Spock. Um, and at some point, I I was probably 30 episodes in the original series and I felt like I don't, I don't want to continue watching because I feel I've absorbed so much and something's coming alive in me that feels like Spock. And, and I just decided to trust that. And I had, you know, really wonderful and supportive uh, people surrounding me, not just the, the cast, but the crew and the producers and the, the writers. And, um, and they trusted me. I don't know. I was somehow entrusted with this incredible responsibility. Oh, that's and, awesome. um, and, I, and you know, and it happened. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Crazy experience. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Now, were you, were you much of a Star Trek fan before you worked on discovery? Um, yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a huge science fiction fan. Like science fiction is my thing. I love reading it and watching science fiction. And this is just like the ultimate role. Like people would ask me like, what's your dream role? I'd be like, Batman maybe and because I didn't ever think this kind of role was possible and it's it's right. possible that I've like played my dream role right you know um, awesome. but yeah I'm a, I'm a big science fiction fan and um, as I said I love the movies I loved First Contact when I was a kid I watched that all the time um, and, you know caught episodes here and there of The Next Generation but um, I'm definitely becoming a Trekkie now <laughs> all so right can, can I pick your brain about you said that you're an avid reader of science fiction uh, what what books have stood out to you recently that you've been reading? Oh, uh, I just finished a book called Man Plus, written by Frederick Pohl. Okay. Who did Gateway, most famously, which was like the Hugo Award winner from 77 right. or something, which is so good. Uh, Man Plus was pretty good. Um, I really loved Ancillary Justice. Uh, which came out a few years ago. Have you guys read this one or heard of it? I, I, I have not. I have that not. one, uh, Man Plus I did, but not the Ancillary Justice did not. Okay. Um, and also I read the uh, the Demolished Man, which is the very first Hugo Award winner written by Alfred Bester in like right. 1953 or something. I had that sitting in my... sci-fi from... Yeah. I had that, that? I had that sitting in my nightstand, believe it or not. <laughs> oh no way so i'm not i'm not i mean i read it's, it it's, it's just kind of sitting there because i had read it but it's now still sitting there but but that's going back it's um it's really enjoyable yeah. it's good it's worth reading yeah i've been i've been working my way through uh james s.a Corey's books the expanse series and uh the oh book, cool the books are incredible character driven science fiction and i love it it's great so I would recommend awesome. that. Yeah. So. I, um, <laughs> I hear such good things about the, about those books and I just met the cast of the expanse and they are so wonderful. Oh, you did. How did you meet them? Um, yeah, they were at, we were at a, a convention in Germany together called FedCon. Okay. And, um, uh, yeah, I got to spend some time with Dominique, um, Shore and Kaz. I don't know if these names are ringing a bell, but uh, they were so lovely. And, right. and I've, I've been, that, that show's been recommended to me again and again. I've got to yeah. check it out. I still haven't seen it. And yeah. And I'm sure the show is excellent. Um, I'm a big fan of the books. And so when I got into the show, I couldn't quite 
match what I had in my head. You know how it is. You see something in your head and yeah. you try to match it with the show and um, the show's great, um, but the books are awesome. So <laughs> that's the way I kind of view it. Wow. But I hear a lot of good things about it. But well, I want to piggyback something about you saying that just being the role of a lifetime for you, maybe, or, you know, something that defines your life. Um, it makes it sound like your career is over and it's not, but, uh, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, as a, as a fan of both, um, the original series and discovery, um, you know, and, uh, the other shows, um, it's always something when you see the bridge and you step on, like you see the bridge of the enterprise for the first time, what was it like for you stepping onto the bridge of, of discovery for the first time and having that experience? Oh my gosh, stepping out of the bridge of discovery for the first time. Um, I was, I was brought up to, we film in Toronto okay. and I was brought up to Toronto about a month before I was to go up there more permanently to begin filming, um, for a makeup test and, and all this kind of stuff, uh, preparatory stuff. And, um, I was given a set tour by one of our ADs and these sets are such masterpieces. I mean, all of them. And, and I got to go onto the bridge and I was just like, I cannot believe this. Like, <laughs> I cannot believe that I'm here and that I'm about to be a part of this. And it was, it's also hugely intimidating. Like the, the, the magnitude and scale of the sets, um, really, uh, was like, uh, it, it, I really began to feel the burden of it all and the responsibility that I had to all of this beautiful work that, that had been done before me. And, you know, everybody's working at the, at the top of the ga- of their game on that show. And it's, I mean, the set builders included. And so I just felt this big responsibility to, um, you know, uh, do the best that I can and make this as special as possible and bring all of my heart and soul to it. Uh, as sort of extreme as that sounds, uh, that's, that's kind of what I came with, came away with when I, when I saw the bridge. Yeah. That's awesome. What's the working environment been like? filming discovery i know on other past trek shows you know we've heard a lot of stuff that they were run very like a real tight ship was it like that on discovery or could you and the cast and crew able to have a little fun while at work oh yeah well uh it's absolutely true that it is like uh, a very well-oiled machine because we have so much to do we have so much coverage to get in scenes because of all the different players that we might have in a scene especially a bridge scene you know, we'd have to get three angles on every actor in a scene and there might, there might be eight of us and it could take, you know, six to eight hours and it's uh, it can be kind of a grind at times. But most people that are working on, on disco are so excited to be working on Star Trek. Um, you know, they would they would work for, you know, not literally, but they would work for free if, if they got to work on Star Trek. You know, a lot of fans are working on the show, which is really wonderful. But Sonequa Martin-Green, who plays Michael Burnham, she really uh, is such, has such a vivacious energy and brings this bright joy to every day. And it's contagious. And um, we all work really hard and come prepared. Uh, but when we get there, we do our best to, you know, have fun and stay loose and joke around because the days can be really long and uncomfortable. Um, and it's, it's, I feel so lucky to have been a part of it because... Um, you don't always get that. You don't always get a cast and crew that are just like down, like down to work, down to have a good time, down to enjoy the moment, you know? So I I hope I get it again someday. 
Awesome. Hopefully they uh, well. bring you back. <laughs> Will they bring you back? Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. I I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. If the fans have any, uh, if the fans have any say to it, I I, I could almost bet on that. Um, between you and, and Anson Mount and Rebecca Romaine, you guys have done such a did such a amazing amazing job. Um, oh, thank you so br- much. Bring it, bringing these characters back and I, I know it has been and again as one of the many contentious star trek fans and, and who know many other contentious star trek fans um <laughs> despite whatever others have thought about discovery the one thing that i found almost a unanimous consent with in my circles is the three of you and and your performance of pike and spock and number wow. one, it was just absolutely amazing. So, wow, thank you so much. It, yeah, uh, it means the world to hear. Uh, we're we're very thrilled to be able to sit and talk with you tonight. Yeah. Oh man, uh, the honor's mine. Really. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Dave, I want to move away from some Star Trek questions here, but do you have any oh, yeah. other? Do you have anything else Star Trek related that you like to ask him before we move on? I think we covered it. Okay, so. I was trying to, uh, when Dave introduced you, he mentioned that you were in the movie In Time. Uh, this is the one with Justin yeah. Timberlake, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about, I, I watched a movie, but I probably wouldn't, uh, I was unfamiliar with your work at that point. Um, and uh, so I wouldn't have known, but what was what was it like filming that, that film? Oh, it was so cool. That was the... I got that job. I think I was offered that role or I, no, no, I read for, I, you know, truth be told, I've never seen it. Um, uh-huh. which is kind of funny because, because of the time of my life that it came out, I was moving back to LA from New York and was starting a TV show and just like, uh, I said somehow just slipped by and I've not seen it yet. Um, okay. which is crazy. That is crazy. But I originally auditioned, <laughs> I originally auditioned for, uh, one of the lead roles um, opposite Justin Timberlake, I guess sort of the protagonist. Cause Justin Timberlake plays, I mean, he plays a good guy, right? Yeah. He's yeah. kind of the good guy there. So I read for the antagonist. Um, I'm forgetting which actor got that role. Um, Alex Pettifer. Was it him? It might've been, it's been a while since I've seen the movie. So yeah. Anyways, um, I had not been on a production that was like that big before. It was a big budget Hollywood film and it's like a small city um that production uh crew so that was really cool to be around and they just have you know when the budget is so full it's just it's luxurious almost it's like comfortable it's fun it's safe feeling um people are seem to be having more fun I've, I've been on like you know low budget projects and it's and it's a real grueling grind um, but yeah, it was just really fun to be a part of that and, um, uh, made me really excited about what the future held potentially, you yeah. know? <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, and I, you know, some of the other, uh, yeah. uh, some other roles that you had, like in Halo, uh, you did some of the voice work, um, when you, yeah. uh, when you prepare for a voice work, a uh, voice role, like, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, um, I'm sorry. Uh, like, like Thorn in, in Halo, uh, versus, you know, playing, 
you know, Spock, uh, obviously very different roles and different source material. Uh, but the prep work, how, how different is that for you? Uh, night and day. Um, I think that my process has changed so much over time. And when I was doing my prep work for Halo, I just didn't know what I was doing, basically. <laughs> um, I, feel only, <laughs> I feel only in the last few years that I really found something that a process that functions properly and like serves a valid purpose. I mean, this might sound ridiculous, but acting is such a difficult craft. And, you know, I spent a lot of time studying a lot of different techniques and, um, and trying to go more deep in my own life, uh, to bring, uh, that to my work. Um, and so when I was doing Halo, I just was, I don't know, I was just a kid. Like, you know, I worked out a lot, <laughs> and studied my lines and and i'd actually played a lot of video games growing up so i was no foreigner to the world right um but yeah also it's it's different because when you do a motion capture job like that we were in a studio right from it's nine to five every day and i don't know if you know this but on a, on a film or a television set the days are typically 12 plus hours right and so it's a very different dynamic and uh, and it's very controlled, right? Because we're in a studio and we don't have to do makeup and hair and stuff like that. So it's almost more relaxed feeling. Oh, that's true. And, um, yeah. And you really hope that, you know, uh, they're describing to you well enough, uh, the world that will be around you. So you can right. really imagine it and, and, and bring it to life in yourself. No, absolutely. Now you, you said you did yeah. the motion capture. Did they like, put dots all over you was it a rig i mean how, how did yeah. it work yeah we had um we had these like sweatsuits basically that have um reflective dots on them and then we have mocap cameras that hang off the front of our faces and we have the dots painted onto our face and before we begin the day we enter there's like this tape on the ground and we go through these series of movements to like get like is the the phrase to get beamed into the world uh as they capture it um so it's it's pretty cool very different from from live action oh yeah yeah no doubt i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure oh well very good well um surely uh when you first got, I assume you were invited to come to shore leave. Um, had you ever uh, heard yeah. of shore leave prior? What made you say, you know what, let me do this con versus the many other cons that are out there. Oh, you know, I, uh, yeah, I was invited to come. I haven't ever been, I've actually not been to, uh, maybe any conventions in my, in my life. Uh, not uh, as a, as a, as an attendee. Um, but my, I work with this really uh, wonderful company, and they they chose they choose conventions that they feel are really wonderful, prestigious, um, and I wanted to do as many as possible in this first you know year or two because I think it's so good for it's so it's so it's so wonderful for me to be able to meet people that have been moved by the work that we've done, you know, positively or negatively. I'm open to anybody who, you know, approaches me. Um, I say bravely. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and I think it's really great for the community. You know, I'm a part of this 
I'm a part of this world that uh, projects these really beautiful ideals and concepts into our world of, you know, Starfleet is representative of acceptance and unity and hope and progress and curiosity. And to be able to go out into the world and represent that and for people to meet those that really believe in it as much as I do, you know, like I'm as big as people come up to me, uh, at conventions and say like, wow, what's it like? And I'm like, it's, I, I, I'm as excited as you are about <laughs> it. You know, it's like really fun to share that with, with, um, people that have seen it. So, um, it's a, it's a real privilege to be able to do these. Awesome. So, uh, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to come. Well, it's really, it's, it'll be really good yeah. to meet you in person. Anyway, yes, like sir. Bride, yes, sir. So, um, well, Mr. Pack, uh, Dave, is there anything else you want to ask Mr. Pack? Um, only just to see if there's anything coming up next for you, anything on the horizon, anything you want to plug. Oh man. I wish that there were, uh, I'm, uh, you know, working on getting work. Um, there is something coming up that I can't, I'm not sure I can speak about yet. Um, but it's in the fantasy sort of genre and, um, I can tease that it is a spinoff of something else, not Star Trek related. <laughs> okay. um, and so I will leave you with that. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. good. Yeah. Very yeah. good. Well, uh, we'll have to keep following your uh, IMDP page to find out uh, when that stuff will happen. Well, uh, well, Sounds Ethan good. Pack, thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. And we appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank yeah. you for the great questions. If you've enjoyed the conversation, the owners of this establishment would love to hear from you. Send your comments and feedback to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com or join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash sci-fi diner.
This song, Photosynthesis, was created by Cool Cat, whose music can be found on YouTube. For more information on his music, please contact the Sci-Fi Diner podcast.